With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Recording is Eligible, episode 19. Um, I am Paul Noonan, I write for the Shepherd Express and for Acme Packing Company. Um, we have the normal crew, and with me in the studio, as usual, is... I'm J.R. Radcliffe, training sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and weirdly sitting on your right instead of your left. Yeah, Very we're disoriented backwards, tonight. it's weird, um, but whatever. And I'm Matt, but you can call me Matub, checking in from Colorado, drinking a Michigan beer. Very nice. As um, you would do because you are a Michigander. Yes. I am a Michigander, but however, this is from uh, New Holland, which is readily available in Colorado. That is true also. That's a good one. I've been to that brewery before, too. They do a good job. I, I Also, I enjoy the town of Holland. It's, yeah. a, it's a nice place. It we is. just spent a summer vacation there this year. Oh, nice. It's a fine, it's a fine town indeed. Lovely place. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fine town. I spent the majority of the vacation panicking because my phone stopped taking a charge, so I can't say I had a good time, but uh, the rest of my family, the rest of my wife's family had a great time. That is a panicky moment. It is incredibly. Yeah, so every few minutes I would I would find just the perfect angle where it would take the charge. All it was was lint. You know, all I had to do was like try and I could have figured it out, but I was not smart enough to do that. Uh-huh. So, a uh, pro tip to anyone in that situation, uh toothpick. Uh yeah, I just used a paper clip. It's probably uh, less... you got to be careful with the paper. Yeah, you got to use a yeah. non-conductive pokey thing. Yeah, I could. I'm sure I could have damaged the phone, but you know, it's a company phone. I wasn't super worried about that. <laughs> yeah. Other than I would be cut off with with my wife's family without my phone. That's that's so really you, a big downside. When you go to do when you go to do a warranty replacement on your phone, I'm going to send this podcast to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. <laughs> no, that's just mean. That's Why blackmail. That? <laughs> that is blackmail. That's a felony. It's across state lines. <laughs> no one's going to prison. <laughs> <laughs> you think there's anyone left at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel who's going to have time to listen to this yeah. and investigate oh, any of that? that? They're just going to give me a new phone. Tell you what, if you're from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, make sure to at me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> no, uh, so before we before we move on, can I clear something up from last week? Uh, yeah. Um, the the deliverable for the end of the episode was to come oh, up with a goodness. new version of uh, <laughs> Control Your Own Destiny. Um, and I said, yes, you know, at me with control your own blank. I got multiple, multiple ats of control your own and then the word blank. Not, it's a literal interpretation. Not what we're yes. looking for, people. My friend, uh, my friend Scott, who lives in Austria, who asks questions by emailing the at eligible email address, which I'm not even sure I've ever given out, um, <laughs> actually said fate, which, by the way, Scott, I, I think that's the same as destiny. It has the same problems, but whatever. Um, yeah, but I appreciate the hustle. Yeah, better than blank. So you win the week. Hey uh, guys, I have good news. Yeah, the Packers control their own destiny. Ah, uh, damn it! Kind of, <laughs> I suppose they do. Yeah. Also, Andy Schaff. But the Packers <laughs> just get out of the way. It's early. not completely their own destiny. The Packers can win out and still not get the number one overall seed. They're going to need the 49ers to lose twice or the Seahawks to lose once, and also leapfrog the 49ers. That is also true. Which is on the table. I mean, they could do that. Seattle could go two and one and uh, leapfrog San Francisco on some tiebreakers. But uh, I've, I've been kind of a tiebreakerologist over the past few years. I dig in to try to figure out all the random scenarios. Yep. Uh, but if the Packers win their final three games, they win the division, of course. They uh, absolutely get, at minimum, the number two seed. They'll have the tiebreaker on the Saints. They do not want to fall into a, back into a tie with the Saints uh, if, uh, like, if, if if they lose one of these games, they're going to fall back in the conference record ledger. Yep. And so that's that's not good. That's the a Saints big one. Yeah. That's there. no good. 
But I can tell um, there's a lot of teams you could cheer for this week already that'll help the strength of schedule, strength of victory tiebreaker. So if what well, if the if the Cowboys beat the Rams and the Packers beat the Bears, they lock a wild card spot. That's right. Uh, that's correct. It it is a playoff. They are in the playoffs if the Packers win and the Rams lose. That is very simple. So I had someone dig up one of my old tweets that actually turned out pretty well for me. <laughs> it was a tweet from shortly after uh, Lafleur got hurt. And he was driving around in a golf cart. Oh yeah! And I found a gif of a dude just like doing donuts in a golf cart. And I said, "Lafleur, be like, get in, loser. We're going to the playoffs." All right. And I very, I very much look forward to the Packers clinching a playoff spot so I can retweet it myself and say, "Ha ha! I called this back in June." Yep. You just said, "Ha ha." He did. Uh-huh. Uh, I Mustafa did. Played for both the Packers <laughs> and Washington, the Washington franchise. These two teams squared off. That uh, is true. Squared off this week. It was not pretty. It was bad. It was a bad game. Real bad game. But it was a 20-15 to 15 win, and now yep. inexplicably the Packers have 10 wins. Again, something I did not. No one saw before the season. No, I, I don't really think so. We were all 8-8, eight eight, right? I know. Um, I, I, I said the, tweet, team, the team could either be 10-6 and six or 6-10, six and 10 and I would be yeah. surprised. What about or a not, not win 11? So on, on average, you did 8-8. Eight eight, so. Yes. Sweet. So, I mean, we've already we've already mentioned Andy Schaff. I've already described a, a meme. A meme. Um, I think we just need to make like a musical reference so we can get out of here. That's right. Oh, we haven't talked about baseball. That's oh right. yeah, baseball. I was on the baseball podcast this week, by the way. If if uh, <laughs> if, if you want to hear more of me, I was on the Milwaukee Steelgate podcast because the Brewers did a lot of stuff. So um, they acquired new people and traded people away, and it, it was it was insane. So it's been very active so far. A lot of people losing their mind over the Milwaukee Brewers right yeah. now. Uh, a lot of people putting the cart before the horse. Indeed. Yeah. Hard shrug from me. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, Matt, by the way, if you didn't see it, you're in the title for that episode. I am. That's true. I As soon as it came up on my phone, I knew it was talking about Matub. We talk a lot yep. about Matt's clicks. I knew as, as soon as that was, I knew exactly what was happening there. What is, okay, now your guys are going to make me listen to a freaking baseball podcast. I think you'll it's, have, it's mentioned in the first you 10 minutes. only you have to listen out. to the first 5, 10 minutes, yes. Okay. All right, fair enough. And then you'll be I, I promise you I will listen to it. Sweet. I have a confession to make. I yes. s- I went to the Big Ten Championship game, helping cover it for the Journal Sentinel. That's right. The Badgers. You were, you were actually in attendance. It, I was. It was nice. Lucas Oil Stadium. Fine fine facility. I, I rate Ford Field ahead of it. Very similar. It to always makes me want to buy as much Lucas Oil as I can. <laughs> I, I did not have that experience. However, I got back, la- you know, not late on Sunday, but we had like a Friendsgiving going on later that day. I saw very little of this game. You promised me there were no highlights. So There were no highlights. It was, uh, there There were no passing highlights. Um, Aaron Jones averaged eight yards a carry. Those were all the highlights. Um, and the defense played like pretty well, but mostly Washington just played like Washington. So Adrian Amos had an interception that Haha Clinton Dix never would have had. That's always good. <laughs> And, but like they held Washington's offense in check because they're terrible. They tr- Washington tried to run the ball a ton, did so unsuccessfully. Darius Geis got hurt, and uh, the Packers couldn't really pass against them. But that's really all there was to it. Like that we can talk about well, the, how bad the, the Packers could have was. passed against them. Uh, if, if you want to find a really good breakdown, Ben Fennel has been going all in. Yeah, Fennel on- had a good week. Ben's been going after Aaron Rodgers from this game. Uh, he has said in like four tweets more than I could say in this entire podcast. So it's it's great. Follow him. Um, I agree with Ben on most of those. Um, I don't think he was once all twenty. Ben Ben works for a team. He gets the all twenty twos right away. Unfair advantage, if you ask me. Um, but I didn't think Aaron was quite so bad as he was made out to be. Once I saw where safeties were playing off screen, like he was conservative. The big thing Washington did, if you want to look ahead, is maybe give people a template on how to slow down the Packer offense, which is um, they flooded the secondary and dared the Packers to run, which the Packers did very well, but it really just killed Rodgers. Like, um, the only way to pass against them was going to be to get the, the ball out quick um, to people right away, get yak, and Aaron, of course, is terrible at doing that and didn't, and couldn't find anybody in the deep secondary after buying time. And there was nobody open. I mean, there occasionally was, but mostly there weren't people open. So he, he wasn't effective. And thank goodness for Aaron Jones, because otherwise they probably would have lost that game. 
That would have been the toughest beat of the year. It would have been the that toughest been beat of the year. And Washington is terrible and played terrible. But, but you also sort of suggested that maybe secretly the Packers did win this game convincingly, even though the final score doesn't indicate as much. Yeah, so that's the, the thing is, Rodgers was the downside in that game. But the running game was just as good as they've ever been. I mean, that, that was a... Actually, Jamal Williams was bad, but um, Jones was outstanding. Like, he was just... Uh, by the way, the, uh, transcendent, transcendent is the word I would use. Um, the offensive line was great. Um, Aaron Jones averaged four yards before contact in that game. That That's the average. It, yes. Wow. So, Aaron Jones is the next Emmett Smith. Got, yes, but he averaged eight <laughs> yards of carry. So, you know, he did plenty <laughs> on his own, too. Um, and the defense was good. Like, they got tons of pressure. Um, they got it with four people most of the game. Kenny Clark looked healthy for the first time in a long time and was just busting up the middle of that line. Really? I, I thought he looked pretty healthy in the Giants game. Yeah, that's a fair point. It's been a couple of weeks now. So it's there you go. good that we have healthy Kenny Clark. Kevin King didn't play in this game, so they were playing backup corners. Tremont was on fast people a lot of the time, which is never that great of a thing. But they yeah. didn't. Uh, I other than that one Terry McLaurin like amazing touchdown catch with one hand, which he was well covered on. I don't remember them giving up their standard. So I mean plays. the that drive is responsible for like seventy percent of McLaurin's yards. Yeah, I mean that and that was a soft zone like drive in general. Where yeah, it it was, it was a prevent drive it was for a prevent sure. Drive. So um, who cares? And and I know that like people are gonna be like, oh, you know, we didn't really miss Kevin King. But, like name two receivers for washington can't don't know you, you, pierre garçon you, uh, James does he Lawson. still play Evans, no <laughs> no he does not <laughs> so yeah like so outside of terry they've got they've got no one so that's why we we didn't miss kevin king it's just there was no one to cover that is true and that does help but um so th- they were kind of quietly dominant like the defense was very good it's certainly their best performance of the year opponent notwithstanding um special teams was good for the first time in a long time and i'm so mad i'm i'm disappointed well because they're not going to set the record now yeah they 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 doubled the record they've they've got like 40 something yards yeah that's uh, returning nope not gonna get it done unless they go doorstep of a negative punt uh cumulative punt yardage for the year or record-setting punt yardage in any event so the the punt returner for the Cardinals in 1965 that set that record uh, is from Wisconsin. What? Yeah. Give me a name. Cool. Um, it was, crap. It was Car- Ben Fennel added me about this. So I had a tweet go pretty popular this week um, where I mentioned that the Packers could hold the best and worst. Oh, uh, that's right. Punt return yardage. Yep. And uh, Ben Fennel actually hit me back with the person who held the the negative yardage or the 27 yards in a season. And uh, God, I can't remember his Cardinals name. Punt returner, and all I could think of immediately was Vaisikahima. I'm sorry, Vaisikahima. Vaisik Vaisikahima. That guy's not from Wisconsin, but that no. and that was also early '90s, <laughs> late '80s, early '90s. Yeah, I think early '90s. Good times. He was Vaisikahima. on the Eagles too for a while, right? Remembered. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Okay, I believe he's from Carl Hawaii. Carl Silvestri. Hmm. Wow, don't know that guy. So Carl Silvestri played for the Cardinals in 1965 as their punt returner, or as lots of things, but he, he was also their punt returner. as a guy who was there for punts because he didn't do much yes. returning. Um, played for the, the um, he was a DB, listed as a DB, I should say. Um, but he's from Madison. Okay. So I, you know. I, said to, I said to Ben that Carl likely grew up a Packer fan and would love to see his hometown team have the best and worst punt yardage seasons. Not going to happen. No, nope, not anymore. It's doomed. Mm. I think in the past when things haven't gelled as well offensively, it, it, there, there's always a sentiment that, well, Aaron Rodgers will figure it out eventually. He will come around. And now I think we're seeing the, the offensive line is playing well finally. Yep. The running game is as good as it's been. It's, it's fine. It's Absolutely outstanding. And... If Bob Tanyan gets a little more, a few more snaps, I think even the tight ends could be have a little bit, a little more optimism. Yeah, I know. know. (laughs) (laughs) At least he got a touchdown. But big uh, bad Bob. Yeah, that's rough. He was open for another one too. He should have had two in that game. Do you guys have confidence that Aaron Rodgers is going to come around? Because at this, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but like at this point, there are way more bad games on his resume for 2019 than good ones. Yeah, we can go to Noah Baldwin's question, which I have first here, which is: Is Aaron Rodgers bad? Um, (laughs) There was another question that made me laugh out loud about: Could you just slander our quarterback for 10 minutes? (laughs) 
I think that was Archon. I, I believe it was Archon. Yes, yeah. Archon, yeah. good friend of show. Good friend of show. Um, temporary Acme Packing Company writer now. Too. Oh, very good. So, Maybe laugh well, off well. my board. Hey. So Archon, uh, that is how I started as a temporary Acme Packing Company writer, and now look at me. I'm talking to two dudes who are sitting on a couch in a basement. Yep, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> the peak of your powers. Congratulations. <laughs> so uh, I, the problem with Aaron, I think, is still kind of all mental, but it's mental that's hard to break. So I think okay. He's, so he's actually, still... I was goofing with I was goofing with Packer Ranter today, and I ended up finding kind of a serious note on accident uh on average it takes 28 repetitions to create a new habit and usually it takes 10 percent more than that yep. to uh break an old habit and we now have a fully ingrained uh post Jordy acl tear aaron Rodgers. i think that's right um and have written similarly in in the past that the, the worst thing that happened to him was that 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 Jordy list season when he had james jones and like a great offensive line and had seven seconds to throw all the time. He mm-hmm. used it every time and, and he got out of the habit of getting it out quick and trusting guys and, and really getting away from interceptionable throws too. So um, he, 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 he has not rallied back from that. All of his problems are along the lines of what he had against the Redskins, which is he can't get the ball out quick when he needs to. He really loves to see what he throws to and buy time. And once you figure that out, and you, you know, force him into situations where everything late's going to be covered, he'll run himself into sacks and he'll run himself into throwaways. That's what he is now. I mean, he doesn't seem to realize it. He has had tons of time to fix this. Tape has it all over the place. Coaches, I'm sure, have talked to him about it. And uh, he just seems stuck as this is how he is. We've been banging the drum for a long time about getting him another playmaker, another receiver at this point. I think we know that's not going to happen, but if if it does, when it does next year, does it matter? I do. I think it matters. Um, Absolutely. I think he is, uh, like, with what you have in Aaron Rodgers, if you can put good talent out there for him to throw to, like, and put you have two or three guys who can be coverage, his weaknesses will go away. That'll be fine. Yeah. He'll find guys who are open, like, that that's a good way to fix this problem if you can't fix Aaron himself. So I think it's imperative that they do that because otherwise what they have is basically an average quarterback. And the way you make an average quarterback better is give him good tools to play with. And it's sad he's like Jared Goff now, but it's kind of what he is. Actually, I think he's a lot like uh, Joe Callahan. Why? Why would Where- you say that? Right, so Callahan, anytime his first read isn't there, pulls it down and thinks he can win with his wheels. Well, there's and a lot so, of guys like that. We're playing one Aaron, next week. Aaron Rodgers is just advanced Joe Callahan at this point. I don't think he's quite that bad because he'll <laughs> sit back there and look at ten guys. So I know I'm being yeah. I'm being hyperbolic, but it's the feel is similar. I don't really know that there's a good comp for Rodgers. I can't think of anybody who'll just like whose clock is kind of as bad as his is, but who's as good at buying time. Without being an outright like scrambler like Lamar Jackson, it's it's kind of a weird persona. Okay, can I say something that's probably going to trigger Jr. here? Sure. Aaron Rodgers is your average Madden quarterback. Mm-hmm. It takes him forever to make a read, and he just runs around and buys time, and eventually will bail on the play. But occasionally he makes video game throws, right? Exactly. Not you see, you get it. Yeah, you get it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, sometimes I think I I personally overvalue that that there are that pretty much every NFL quarterback has that in them, and but I think I don't know if that's true. I don't know if I'm I, when I see Aaron Rodgers make that throw to Jamal Williams against Kansas City, I think there's like a subset of maybe two human beings who can pull that off. Yep. Um, I I guess that's probably still the case. I don't know. Uh, I think he's still got that that ceiling. Just the every down. Yeah. By the way, he also. Um, there was one throw that went around Twitter this week where he missed Aaron Jones deep. And LaFleur and Aaron Jones confirmed on Twitter that it was Jones' fault that he he broke, I think, inside because the corner fell down and he wasn't supposed to do that. Now, that said, Rodgers' mechanics on that throw were just garbage. He was fading back and didn't have to be at a clean pocket. And they can say that the throw was where it was supposed to be. But if he gathers himself for a second and steps into it, he can also read where he's going, so um, it was kind of lazy and sloppy. And his mechanics on his short throws are just trash. Like he just sets his feet and twists his waist and just like whips it with his arm. 
It yeah, he does the the Dak dances to anything throws. He does, but he throws it into the ground so much when he does that. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't so, believe that little things like that are being let go. Like the the video going around this week is is Aaron talking with the guy from uh God I can't Bon Bonnie Oh yeah, Justin Vernon. Yeah, so I I always said Bon Iver, and my wife her eyes would twitch when I would say that. Yeah. Um, I used to and, say Bon Iver too before. Oh, it means it's good winter in French. Spelled wrong, but it's spelled good. wrong. Yeah, no H. So there's this there's this offhand comment where Aaron is joking, but he's not really joking. Much like his he, AMA. Yeah, no kidding. He, oh God, that AMA was garbage. Don't get me started. Actually, I'm almost done with my beer. Get me started. All right. <laughs> um. So Justin, he asked Justin if he has a vocal coach. Justin's like, no. He's like, I just have like my things that I do as a warm up. And Aaron's like, yeah, you know, people always ask me if I have a quarterback coach. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> We're, yes, he's kidding, but he's not. But not. Yeah, yeah, he's kidding, but he's not. It's exactly. A lot of Aaron is I'm kidding, but I'm not. And, That's mm-hmm. in fact, and I, as I think is true for a lot of like upper tier, millen- like on the age range, upper upper tier millennials. <laughs> I'm kidding, but I'm not. That's uh, That's a big communication mechanism right there. That works for a lot of people. It does. Yeah, I mean, so Aaron is right on the cusp of Gen X and Millennial, so he he holds traits from both. Yes, I technically believe we are both Millennials, Paul. I think I'm Gen X. No, Dude. Paul's Gen X. How old are you? Forty-two. Oh, you Gen X. <laughs> <laughs> we lost Matuba on that one. He liked that one. Dude, I I'm I think def- we even lost yeah. the audio. That's how that's how great it was. I was labeled but, with something before Gen or before Millennial was a thing. That's oh, I see. Sorry, you know I, I was laughing so hard I accidentally muted my microphone. Oh. But the, the the genuine disappointment in Jr. Sorry, oh. Jr. Old man. <laughs> Sad. So uh, Aaron Rodgers AMA was it was uh, he was posting on the Bose account. For those of you listening who don't know what this is. AMA oh, didn't ask me anything, and it was on Reddit, where usually things are freewheeling and fancy-free, but this was not. So there's there's two kinds of AMAs. Um, there's the completely unmodded AMAs that usually happen on the team subreddits. Uh, for example, uh, Jason B. Hershorn of Acme Packing Company and now Sports Illustrated used to do AMAs on the Packers subreddit a lot, and people were not very nice to him. Um. Aaron Rodgers' AMA was heavily modded and uh, just a big old corporate slap in the face. So he was posting from the Bose official account, pushing headphones. Um, every single awesome. comment asking about Mike McCarthy's relationship or his relationship with his family or why the offense is struggling was severely downvoted or just straight up deleted. Well, that's just rude. And so every question that he answered was super fluff. What's your favorite Star Wars movie? What kind of uh, what kind of scotch do you drink? Uh, how are you and Danica doing? And then he's like, "Oh, we sleep in a race car bed." It's like, shut yeah, up. Yeah. I kind of found it. I enjoyed it more, I'm sure, than you did, just because I expect. First of all, I have every expectation that it's going to be moderated. I do not think he's just going to randomly answer questions about Jordan Rogers or anything like that. Yeah, he's got a lot of things to mod. Yeah, so. he does. He does. So I, I'm surprised that he even stuck his neck out there to, to participate in that forum to begin with. But, I, you know, he's funny. He's He's got that dry joking but not joking thing that we just talked about. <laughs> he's, it's it's fun. If you take it at just like a fluffy piece of pop culture, it is kind of fun. So I, w- I will say his answers to the fluff questions were were good. Like if if it was supposed to be a joke interview, it was very well done. Yeah, he played. But he definitely it, played polished. It's it's ask me anything, <laughs> not what's your favorite. Right? Or ask one of them was like was like, would you rather fight a duck sized or like uh, a Bakhtiari sized duck or 30 duck sized Bakhtiari? I believe they were baby Yodas. Bakhtiari sized oh, baby, baby Yoda. Yeah. Which is a like, very specific question that I found. So the, a little that, that's an old, an old Reddit AMA is would you rather fight one horse sized duck or 100 oh, duck sized horses? I see. It's a Reddit thing. I'm still learning yeah. the internal language of Reddit. Yeah, I'm Reddit's trying uh, to... its own so thing. I, sure I've been on Reddit like for it, a, but I have yeah, I've it. been on Reddit for a decade. Just ask me anything. And in fact, you want to talk about the best Ask Me Anything of all time. Uh, uh, Woody, what's his face from Cheers? Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. Yeah, so Woody Harrelson did an AMA before Rampart came out. And the top question was, hey, 
uh, you came to my friend's prom and took her virginity and then never called her back. What's up with that? And okay. he was like, I'm just here to talk about Rampart. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> look up the Rampart Good AMA. Answer. It's it's an all-timer. And, it's, and it was unmodded. And that was actually what shifted Reddit to having more of a corporate oh, structure. Fault. It, it was... It, Along along the same lines as this, did you guys see the McCarthy article? I did. I haven't yet. No, I did. It was, it was interesting. So it's this four minute video. Basically, Mike McCarthy has gathered a group of football minds, almost like a, almost like a full fledged coaching staff yeah, to sort almost, of stay up to date with what's going on. Almost that. It felt, I I mean I have I think I think Mike McCarthy deserves at least one more crack at this, but like it felt desperate a little bit. I agree. I thought it was a little desperate. Like, um. I liked. I don't know if I liked, but I, it did show some self awareness in yes. that um, he at least understood that he had some things to figure out, A lot um, of things, yes. which is good. So slant flat every play. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was very. He was very clear. He wants to stay up to date with things that are going on now and, yeah. and sort yes. of get the full lay of the land, which is great. So, can we get the meme out of the way? Do you guys know the first word of that video? No. I don't. The very first word that McCarthy speaks in that video is "frankly," in in full McCarthyism. Oh yeah. If if he would have said Positive. "frankly," that's a polluted mindset. My head would have exploded. <laughs> that would have been perfect. <laughs> Excuse me. And that wasn't good. I coughed on the microphone. I coughed like ten times on this <laughs> yes. one already. But it's he, been my uh, last month. you know, he 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 gets choked up. He gets emotional, and yeah. I don't I don't want to throw shade at somebody who gets emotional. I mean, obviously he's. He's, he's, you know, this is tough. He's yeah. been a coach for 13 years, a highly successful football uh-huh. coach, and then <laughs> he's out of football. But, it, you know, like he didn't convincingly answer. The question, I think, was led to say, he, he kind of said, well, we need this in our family. And I think the question was leading him to try to explain, does, does that mean like your wife and your kids or you need this? And he did not convincingly answer that mm-hmm. In a way that makes you feel like it's it's a family decision. It's it sounds like Mike McCarthy is just desperate to get back into football, which well, which is fine. I believe that it's just I don't think that's what the video intended to show. I agree with Have that. You and all, I mean also it's consistent with a, and what we've heard about Mike consistent. since he's been gone, which is he's struggling in post football life a bit. Yeah, he's screaming at high school basketball refs. Yep. And, that is definitely so, a bad I mean, look. Do you guys know about the retirement syndrome? Well, I mean, we I can figure I, it out. Yes. So, so there, there are types of people that when they retire, they go absolutely stir crazy. Oh yeah, totally. For, for example, my, my uncle uh, worked for a GM and he got bought out and went into early retirement in his mid fifties. He got so bored. He built an addition on his house. Well, that's by himself. Amazing. So, Good for and, him. And, yeah. So his house is now. I would try that, that and you know. It, it wouldn't work. Yeah, the house would <laughs> yeah, fall it's, down. It would be terrible. It's nearly a thousand square feet bigger than before he, he retired. Not bad. Cool. It's gonna make some bank. So Mike so McCarthy, I believe, has the retired man syndrome, where he's he's going I, stir well, crazy. I think that's true, and I think a lot of coaches get that, I, I especially in pro sports, because you yeah. know it's a very it's different than just being a carpenter every day. It's you know that's a it's a high profile job. You're you know you get a lot of money and you get a lot of attention and recognition and. I know there's a major detractions, you know, there's there's a lot of downside to that, but it's it's very different to suddenly have to try to settle back into domestic life, you know? I don't know. Yeah, like go to your stepson's basketball game and right. scream at the refs. I really hope he gets another shot. I mean, I really think he I think he deserves, I don't know, deserves Absolutely. Okay, so I'll I'll say this. Outside of the Ty Dunn article, I have never heard a bad word spoken about Mike McCarthy the man. Right. And so I truly believe that that he, as a apparently decent person, deserves another shot. He just had to adapt. He forgot the adapt or die part of the sport. He just never adapted. Yeah. Yep. And I comp- did I compare him on this podcast to Barack Obama in that the job I feel like wore what he did not not in a political sense at all. It the job nope, wore him. You did down. do that. It it it's clear to me, and and again it's speculative, <laughs> but it seems right to me that he was not prepared for the we. The, the you know media the questions the visibility Definitely. part of it we talked about this when we talked about the um <laughs> the McGinn story on him being out of shape yeah that was so, not good that's when we talked about it last um oh man i'm i'm literal tears yep <laughs> it's not like i think yeah. mike mccarthy could be president i do not yes i do not think that 
Uh, well, guys, it's like anything. It's it, like, it's, did it's Aaron Jones have a higher EPA than Aaron Rodgers this no, week? No, we're gonna move on. Uh, he did. Um, let's let's talk about Devonte um, because okay, Devonte Adams is we all just consider the star of the receiving core and the one good guy in it. He's he's been kind of bad. Um, he had four catches for forty-one yards this week. He has been under sixty-five yards in six of nine games this year. Which, mm-hmm. if you go but look at his past seasons that didn't really happen um in dvoa which just measures your efficiency he's 30th and he's usually in at the teens or higher and uh he's lower than randall cobb is in dvoa which oh not not great <laughs> um not what you want you, you do not want that so he's better than all the packer receivers in all major statistical categories but they're mostly but all- except in in dvoa isn't he like the third packers receiver no he's second the only one who's ahead of okay. him is lazard and he doesn't have enough ca- um catches to qualify for it yet so fair enough um he's higher than everybody but he, this is the worst number one packer receiver we've seen in a long time um and i mean turf toe is a nagging injury it's like like saquon barkley is playing through a high ankle sprain right, right now and he doesn't look like saquon barkley yeah he, uh, that's all def- true um, Devonte, Devonte, remember when he hurt his ankle and then suddenly he couldn't catch anything? I do. <laughs> like, maybe it's. I, I think it might just be nagging injury syndrome. I hope it's the turf toe because otherwise this is not great. Anecdotally, and and this may have be the case of what we've always seen from Devonte. Not a lot of passes to him down the field. The routes are just short routes. It seems to all be like throw it to you right off the line and send everybody else to block and hope he breaks tackles, which. So. I hate, but he's been good yeah. at that. Yeah. He's not good at that right now. Not so right last now, last year, with the exception of there was someone on the Ravens who took a couple slants to the house, so it skewed their metric. Devonte was the best uh, receiver running a slant in the league. That's true. He was. I remember that when uh, Football Outsiders had their route breakdown. Um, and I think that Lafleur, like, like this, you know, like he read the tweets. I think Lafleur. <laughs> is kind of looking at, at Devante is great off the line at getting separation. And so he's using those short to intermediate routes heavily, but Devante with turf toe, isn't the Devante from last year. He's Does definitely not. There's, there's also not enough like Devante catching it in stride, like with momentum. There's so oh, much, absolutely. so much catching it um, just stopped and, and looking to him to beat a guy one-on-one or, Something along those lines. It just doesn't play to his... It kind of plays... If you need five yards, that's fine. Like, he'll get those five yards. But you're not going to get, you know, 20 out of doing that ever. So it's a low ceiling play. And uh, I don't know. It's it's annoying to watch, especially when there's not that much going on down the field. The whole second half was that. And Rodgers winging it out to him and not really hitting him in stride at all. So, it, Sorry, you just reminded me of a uh, Leroy, Leroy Horde. If you yeah, know that. the old Madden quote on Leroy Horde. Yeah. Well, actually, it was uh, a Leroy Horde. Leroy Horde said it himself. Did he? Yeah. He said, if you need one yard, I'll get you three. And if you need five yards, I'll get you three. <laughs> self-awareness. <laughs> we come back to self-awareness. He knew his limitations. Uh, second round pick out of Michigan. Wow. In, in any case, worth keeping an eye on Devante because um, we, we have taken, I think, for granted that he's just you know, really, really, really good. And he hasn't really played really, really, really good. I, on Twitter, I called him the Aaron Rodgers of wide receivers. So um, t- take that as however however you want it. <laughs> Devontae Adams has drawn the Noonan ire. Yeah. So I think really the only last thing that we need to talk about is Adrian Amos being super awesome and all the Bears fans said he wouldn't be. That is nice. I like it when <laughs> it, Bear fans are wrong. It <laughs> makes me happy. It's happened a lot this year. I'm pretty happy. So Bears let's, fans have let's, been turning on HaHa Clinton Dix, right? That's yep. mm-hmm. Finally. Uh, I mean, he has been disguised in that defense a little bit, and you know he's got a pick six and some interceptions, but yeah, he's starting to get the, the HaHa torched, so it's good to see. So there's a, there's a quote from Half-Life 2. Yeah, I'm going to use a video game quote here. And it's, the right man in the wrong place can make all the difference in the world, and that is HaHa Clinton Dix in coverage. That is. He is that. <laughs> He covers air, and people throw it there sometimes. It really hurts him that Trubisky doesn't get to play against him. Like that oh, man. would help a lot. So um, the the Bears uh, destroyed the Cowboys last week, and Trubisky was awesome in that game. Um, yeah. Bears have been running the table. It's happening. It's, it's just worth noting that all of last year when he played well, 
it was because they used his mobility, got him out on the edge, he had him run for, you know, 50 yards a game, and they haven't done that all year, um, possibly because he was hurt, until last week. And last week they were awesome in gangbusters, and the if they do that against the Packers, a little bit worried because the Packers suck at mobile quarterbacks. So, um, And the Packers won this game 10-6 in week one. <laughs> Which is yeah, not exactly overwhelming, um, and it took an Adrian Amos interception to make that happen, um, which good it did. But I, I am I am slightly worried that the Bears are a little bit better than they were before. That the Packers haven't really shown, especially against good defenses, that they can score a lot like San Francisco. And so I'm not that optimistic about this game. So I'm I'm an incredibly lazy film grinder. I like other people to grind the film and then tell me about it. Uh, multiple, multiple people who are much smarter than me have, have looked at Trubisky's game throughout the year. Uh, Brett Coleman is one, <clears throat> excuse me. Brett Coleman's breakdown of Trubisky is basically, uh, last year he was garbage for three quarters and then amazing in the fourth quarter. And that, that kind of, he thought was going to rain true this year, but turns out Trubisky was just bad. Um, JT O'Sullivan Packers legend, wow. JT oh, yes. O'Sullivan. We all know JT. JT has a. Uh, YouTube channel called the QB school. Highly, highly recommend it. It's awesome. He breaks things down from a former professional quarterback perspective. And he broke down Trubisky's game uh, like just before Halloween. I think it was against the Chargers. And it was like one of the worst quarterback games he had ever seen. <laughs> Trubisky was Trubisky was missing reads on high school level plays. I mean, so that's he's not good. Um <laughs> But there's a way to use him right. I still think a good comp for him is Kaepernick. He's a, a mobile one-read guy, and if you can coach him with that in mind, you can have some success with him. Does, does he have Kaepernick's arm? I mean, Kaepernick has a pretty strong arm. He does, but Trubisky has a good arm. Not great, but good enough. It's not a, it's not a weakness for him. It's, the accuracy is the problem, not the strength. What, uh, okay, I mean, I just I, I don't know if I'm a big fan of the comparison because Kaepernick was so 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 good against the Packers, and I just I'm afraid of making that comparison. <laughs> That's kind of why I think it's not a bad one. Uh, <laughs> so who does that fall on? Who's got to have the big game on defense if if they've discovered something and Trubisky's going to move you know move around a little more? Um, that would be Blake. Um, oh, I would I say Oren Burks. Of, well, is Oren Burks going to play? I hope so. So I, I'm picking a guy who's going to be in the game. If Warren Brooks is there to do that, that's great. But well, if, if, if Petten if Petten is calling a spy, I want the fastest linebacker. To I be do the too. Spy. That'd be a good idea. If if it's Blake, I'm a little worried, but I think that's who it might fall to. Ech. Yep. Yeah, indeed. Not so the great. Bears, the Bears, besides the Rams, the NFC. I think a lot of people know this by now. It's been very clear cut. The top tier teams are are kind of the been the top six for a while now. The Bears are still alive for a playoff spot. They're the only other team besides the Rams on the outside looking in who could still get in. Yep. Even if they lose to the Packers uh, this week, if the Vikings also lose, they could still catch the Vikings. That is still on the table. And in fact, they, if I calculated that right, would catch the Vikings if you know they win their last two and the Vikings lose their last two. So that's interesting to me that the Bears have, have been able to stay around yeah. given, given their limitations. Uh, but... Uh, the Packers can still win the division without beating the Vikings. They can beat the Bears, beat the Lions in the last week of the season. They will still win the division. They might lose that chance at a first-round bye, which, good Lord, they need a first-round bye. They need to they yeah. need to skip a week. They really need to skip a week. Um, although, like we saw against the Niners, I guess the extra week doesn't you know, necessarily mean all that much. Mm-hmm. But uh, but the Packers do not need to beat the Vikings to win this division. So uh, so that is that is something in their favor right now. Very helpful. Just hope they get past this week. The Bears... Um, now have a positive point differential on the season. They uh, they're plus eleven. They're I think only like twenty five points behind the Packers on point differential. Whoa! So they're really not that far away. They've made some good headway lately. It's um, you know, there's reason to be a little bit scared of them in this game. They've uh, they've played a lot better. Some of that's competition. They played some garbage teams, just like is, the Packers have. You're calling a Bears win. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> I am. I am going to pick them this week. Whoa! Is, Sol- yeah. is Soldier Field just just a big soupy mess at this point? Is Lambeau Field just a big soupy mess at this no, point? Soldier, it's Soldier. I know. I'm asking about Lambeau Field. They both have terrible turf. They do. They're, they're pretty much the same. It's bad. Like Lambeau's been crap this year. I don't know what's going on up there. Yeah, it's really funny. The the, the Bears um, like that's another advantage they have in Lambeau now. So 
what well, Rondé was talking about. He's like, oh, this is supposed to be the uh, your cause, your cleats game, and everyone's wearing black cleats because the field looks like crap. <laughs> it's like, sorry, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's been a rough go on the, on the turf front this year. So, yeah, the Bears will be right at home when they come to Lambeau yep. Field. And, uh, and yeah, we've Other- also seen an, a gradual increase in the number of visiting fans there. So Chicago should be well represented and everything. I think that's probably true. Is it, is it a gold package game or a green package game? I think the last game is always a green, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't. I think we're done with gold. Yeah, I'm almost positive. Woo! <laughs> I honestly, I don't know if it's a much difference. It seems like it's kind of across the, the board. The later in the year it gets, um, it, it the less it matters when people are forced to put mittens on. Clapping goes way down. Yeah, can't yell as loud. Um, people don't want to stand up as much because it's cold to stand up. It's true. I've been to a ton of cold weather games. It's hard to clap loud and cheer loud there. Um. So when I went. On Christmas Eve, a couple of years back, uh, someone brought two-inch thick, uh, like extruded insulation, and then they they cut it to a length that was perfect to fit in the footwell, and then they had one to to fit along their side of the bench. Oh, that's they nice. were the most comfortable people there, and then they just walked away. They just left it. If you're going to the cold games, you really just have to get the the chemical heat packets. Just yeah, stick totally. a few in your boots, and and you're good to I, go. I also did that, but like I was just impressed with the ingenuity. Let's talk about special teams real quick before we hit up these questions, questions and get yeah. out of here. Uh, return game was good. We mentioned that. Yep, Mr. Irvin, yeah. welcome aboard. Yeah, Irvin out. Um, Sean Menega did for the first time this year double team the Gunners. Um, I went and actually watched all twenty-two punting film this week to fu- make sure <laughs> that happened. And so they blocked and they got return yards. Imagine that. It's also funny that Menenga chose to double the gunners when the Washington punter was punting from his own end zone. Like the time that you don't double the gunners. So because I'm stupid about this, why wouldn't you do that? What's the what's the advantage of not doubling a, a gunner? Only to avoid ex- fakes. Really? Like Yeah, you, you avoid pick fakes and then you also have extra people going after the punter. So yeah, for punt blocking, but you know that doesn't really happen very much. Sure. Mm-hmm. So you're saying, yeah, especially either... since they released Jarrett Boykin. So you think Sean Manega either had faith in the in the blocking ability of his team or was paranoid? He was paranoid. No, I th- I think someone said to Manenga, "What the hell are you doing? Stop it!" Oh, this week, yeah. This week. Oh, this week, yeah. Oh, sorry, he was definitely yeah, overruled. I, but in, in my opinion, I I thought Manenga was just hoping to block one at some point, so then he would be completely vindicated. I think that they decided based on some faulty analytics or something that punt returns weren't worth it and that they would just be super conservative and call fair catches. Maybe after the the Darius Shepard debacle, perhaps. Oh, I forgot about Darius Shepard being a thing. Um, and just said, screw it. We'll go for punt blocks. We'll, we'll not fumble. We'll not get penalties. And that'll be how we do things. Um, that's, that's the best theory I got. I can't think of another reason to do it. It's insane. Um, so J.K. Scott can directionally punt. Yeah, he had a, he had a good game doing that. Um, his his yards were a bit down, but I think his punting was was quality. So he um he was nose down punting a lot. Okay. Um, multiple punts. So like I, I mentioned before, I've I've gotten into punter mechanics due to the Pat McAfee show, and he was punting with the nose down on the ball, which uh tends to help with directional punting and also with hang time. If the nose is, is parallel to the ground, that's a distance punt. Yeah. I don't and, he, and so, didn't, he didn't shank any in that game. Everything looked like it was struck pretty well. Yeah. And yeah, so well, I think I think JK for the moment is back. That just in time for the Bears too. And they really they're probably gonna need him. <laughs> oh they're gonna need to punt a lot. One note about the Bears, Roquan Smith now out for the year. That's huge. That is huge. That torn pectoral muscle for Roquan who has had a weird and troubled season. Um and really like been a star at middle linebacker for them or in whatever sure off inside linebacker so that if the one thing that really helps is the packer run game bears have actually struggled a little bit at stopping the run more so than you would expect the bears to and uh that doesn't do him any favors so that's that's a positive aaron jones come on down yep hopefully aaron has another big game and david montgomery does not so that i can compare that (laughs) on twitter Love the head-to-head between Paul and the the Bears and Bears Twitter. (laughs) So, fun fact, uh, only three times in the history of the Packers have a running back had 15 touchdowns and 1,200 all-purpose yards. Really? (coughs) Are you going to make us name the other two? Would we know the other two? I'm pretty sure you can guess at least one. Don Hudson. Running back. Oh. 
So uh, what's the statistical breakdown? So, uh, 1,200, 1,200 yards from scrimmage. Okay. Um, and 15 touchdowns. 15 touchdowns is a lot of touchdowns. Amon Green? It is. Amon Green is one. All right. It's um, not Eddie Lacy. Um, uh, Dorsey? Uh, I'll give you a hint. Edgar Way Green? back. Uh, oh. uh, Taylor? Yep. Right. So Jim Taylor, Amon Green, Aaron Jones. All right. That's it. That's good company. That is. That'll mm-hmm. work. Let's get to questions. Questions. I like this first one. Jonathan Deal asks, yeah. 10 wins in the book. Which one is their best? I mean, I think maybe the best win is Kansas City, with, even without Mahomes, in Kansas City <laughs> is the most impressive win. Man. Um, Carolina's the most thrilling, probably. Yeah, the Carolina one was, oh, was God. good. Uh, I have a hard time with the Mahomes thing, actually. So, I mean, that is a good win We before the season. But they weren't at full strength. <laughs> they were not at full strength. It might be the, yeah. the Vikings. The Vikings is I the most so. impactful to their current and the Vikings sort of are, destiny. The Vikings are good, and uh, that's a... I mean, they were fully loaded in that game. I think I think it might be that. Yeah, what do you I'm, make though, I'm going the, with Vikings the Vikings not being able to beat teams that are good. You know. Um. Yeah, it's a problem. But I I, I think if the Vikings can get out to a lead, uh, they become a big problem. They do. So uh, I think I think I lean Vikings. Like they're they have the second best point differential in the NFC. They're weird because Cousins is weird. Um. <laughs> But like that's a good offense. That's a pretty good defense, and that was a convincing win over a good team that was not aided by injuries or any other weirdness. So Kansas City was good. KC's a you know dynamite team, but without Mahomes, no, it takes the luster off a little bit. So I, I vote Minnesota. But you know, you guys are free to disagree. Yeah, I still think winning in KC is a big deal. It is. It's it not is. just. I mean, obviously Mahomes is a huge loss there, but so without Mahomes, Vegas adjusted the line seven points. They thought that Mahomes was worth a touchdown. A that is a lot of points. So, um, do you, I mean, what, what was the final score? I've had. I don't know. Eh, Jesus. I'm, I'm going to have to Google this now. Um, I closed it. Sorry. No worries. So, the Packers beat the Chiefs 27 to. No, wait, that was preseason. Uh, 30, 31 to 24. Okay. So, with Mahomes, Vegas thinks that would have gone to overtime. <clears throat> Well, okay, but maybe I'm just let me know. So, by the way, the Packers uh, did not cover the spread against Washington. No, they did and not. Are, and are right. now are now uh, seven and six against the spread. I think. So regression of the mean is complete. They can go back on a tear again. So they are uh, five and one in one score games, which not good. Dang it! Yes. Don't bring up don't bring up stats. I don't like. Yeah, I do think there's a. There... There is a possibility the Packers miss the playoffs. It's 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 not a high probability by any means. If they lose this week, you could see you start to get a little worried because no one's going to pick them to win. You wouldn't expect that they're going to win in Minnesota. Nope. And then you have to go to Detroit against a team that has nothing else to play for except screwing with the Packers season in a in a must win situation. And I don't even I don't I haven't even thought of like if the Rams go three and zero and if the Packers go two one and two. So. There was a there was one scenario where the Packers could go eleven and five and miss the playoffs because of the Rams. Uh let me think about that because the Rams have eight wins, so they could th- they they Rams could wrap it up at eleven. I don't remember exactly what the head to head was with the Packers and Rams. I feel like the Packers have the edge for now in conference games. Okay, but eleven and five means they've lost twice. So yeah, they would lose. Yes, they would lose that tiebreaker to the Rams on NFC record in the NFC because if the Rams go undefeated, the Rams only have conference games left. They would bypass the Packers in that case by one game. All right. So um, if the Rams finish the season uh, by winning out, Packers lose to Bears and Vikings, they will miss uh, at eleven and five. Yeah. So even. So even winning in Detroit might not matter at the end of the day. Yes. Well, now the Rams have a, have some toughies left. They've got to beat Seattle, I believe, mm-hmm. in their last three games. Do they have to play the 49ers? I don't think so, but I'm not sure. They might. They don't know. Might ha- mm. I think they actually no. They're done with Seattle. They do have the 49ers left because they just beat they just beat Seattle, right? So, so they've it. got they've got uh, Cowboys in Jerry World, uh, Niners in San Francisco. Oof. And uh, Cardinals at home, so that's a win. Yeah, I would assume. 
But uh, so yeah, a couple tough ones. I mean, Dallas yeah, yeah. is playing for its playoff life. Not that not that they're they're awful. But yeah, yes, they're it's dreadful. But uh, at least they're in Dallas. And mm. Yeah, it's it's not as comfortable as you'd think it would be when you have ten wins with three weeks to go. In yep. most years, that is a signed, sealed, and delivered playoff case. Yep. If if Green Bay wins this game, I think even if they don't clinch, we're all pretty comfortable. Yeah, I like agree even if they totally blow it the last two weeks, they'll probably still this make it. This is a big game, though. This it's, is a big. This game. is a big game. This is the. Things get nerve-wracking if they don't win a game. <laughs> Man, I'm way more into this game now than I was 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I've seen a lot of Packer people taking for granted that they're going to win this game. That just still, like, Mitch is bad and the Bears are the Bears and whatever. But, like, they're, they've been sneaky good for a while and have been turning it on a bit. So so the, the Packers opened up in Vegas at minus five and a half. Yeah. So taking away home field advantage, that's less than a field goal. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's close. Oh, by the way, I think I attributed Noel Baldwin's why is Aaron Rodgers bad question to Neil Olson, who asked the last question. So Got just it. clarifying, Noel wanted us to answer why Aaron is bad. So, um, let's see. Mad Max says, how terrible and useless must Ryan Grant be? Because we have not seen him yet. How is he still on the team? Like <laughs> He was clearly signed as an insurance policy. It's, it's in case they play the, the Raiders in the in Super Bowl. The Super Bowl? Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Now, I don't believe that's out of the realm of possibility yet. It's but, not. Like, th- they've had so many bad receiver performances. For Ryan Grant not to get, like, a crack, he must be just awful. So, Ryan Grant, in I, I responded to Max on Twitter. I said, in my mind's eye, in practice, Ryan Grant is running the wrong routes, he's jogging them, and he's also batting away balls instead of catching them. <laughs> that sounds about right. Uh, but, like, uh, they should they should have someone else on the team at this point. Like just go find street free agents who are athletic. Hey, and see did you hear that, that one of the receivers from the Kaepernick workout got signed? No way. Really? Good for yeah, that. Yeah, really? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's incredible. The NFL guys. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> who so, saw him? I mean, go get one of those guys. Yeah. I mean, you look good running deep. Scott Hartle in Austria. Yep. We are international. Anyway, have you noticed Josh Jackson being productive as a punt gunner? Yes, I have. Yeah, he's been good. He had a good game. All right, Paul, can you can you say my my catchphrase here? Do you remember? Uh, nope. Big, strong, and fast. Fast. Oh yeah, for special Always teams. translates to special teams. The Oren Burks rule. The the Jeff Janis rule. Jeff Janis rule. So yeah, he's been but, he's been good. Um, and he had a he's, good, he also wasn't terrible on defense. He had a good game in coverage. Um. Was it was it Fennel saying it was the first time he'd been used correctly in a while? I uh, no, it was uh, Ross Uglum. That was Ross. Ah, uh, yes. Um, he he was used as a a zone cover guy. Um, I believe was the distinction rather than a. So, um, Ross probably had the biggest draft crush on Josh prior to the draft. Yeah, I, and I think studied true. his film religiously, and Josh was a phenomenally, uh, what's successful corner, as as a. Uh, perimeter zone corner yeah and he was primarily used throughout the year as a man nickel corner yep and he just couldn't do it nope the knock on him if i recall that he was just so physical he was bound to get flagged a bunch the stuff he did in college wouldn't translate to the nfl Uh, that was a big part of it by the way you said Mm -hmm. you said fast as part of your your catchphrase wasn't his 40 slow isn't that the other night? I, I I thought he was i thought he was one of those track slow pads fast kind of people like he played faster than his 40 time Hopefully so, because I think his track was slow. So. I, I don't remember who. Yeah, I'm pretty this. sure his track was like like four or five yeah. or something. I don't remember who pointed this out on Twitter, and I should have. Um, a lot is made of the draft where where the Packers take Kevin King, obviously over T.J. Watt, Ryan Ramchick. Nobody ever brings up Ryan Ramchick. I mean, you do always, every week. I, I know, but like no one else does. Am I like? I feel like I'm screaming into the void here. You could talk about T.J. Watt. It was T.J. Watt, definitely the better defensive player. It is not in debate. But Ryan Ramchick would have been amazing. Anyway, also true. Anyway, yeah. um uh, four, five, six. But that okay. The person said, uh, you know, Josh Jackson was taken, and there were a lot of you know other really good players that were around there too. So, you know, that draft is not. That, it could be better. It was a rough draft. It set Look, us back I a bit. Think Anyone who looks back on Josh Jackson as like a bad pick at the time did not realize the hype around him. He was considered a top 10 pick. At I, one yeah, I remember yeah. him being a potential first rounder and then falling. Yeah, so that's true. Yeah, I feel like there was a little bit of sentiment that he might have been a steal or yep, could, have, yes. could have developed into pretty great. Maybe he still will. Maybe this. There were, there were people that had him ranked above Ward 
nice. And Ward went top five. So like now, does seem ridiculous. <laughs> it, it does now. All right, last question. Neil Olson says, was the return game actually better with Irvin, or is Washington just bad at special teams? Yes. The correct answer is yes. I think that's true. I don't I don't trust football outsider special team stats for specific special teams things because as we discussed last week, the Packers are good ish on special teams because Mason Crosby's having an awesome year. And that's the only reason why. So um unless you watch a lot of special teams tape, which I no one does don't, that. Don't do that. That's a very boring thing to do. You don't know. They're probably bad at it because their players are bad, and bad players make for bad special teams. But the Packers changed their philosophy, got a new returner who looked good, like caught caught everything, looked shifty. So, so it's a little of everything, as JR said. The answer is yes. I'm I'm currently looking at the 2018 draft, and there's a couple names immediately after Josh Jackson that make me very sad. Yeah. Uh, Christian Kirk. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Uh, Dallas Godert. Yeah, he's fine. You, I think, but then, uh, then maybe Jimmy Graham loses out on some time, <laughs> which would be nice. Um, DJ Chark. Oh, I love DJ Chark. Mm. That makes me that's, actually. Sad. That's a big one. DJ Chark was taken at the end of the second round. All right. Ryan Ramchick, though. <laughs> Okay, when was when was Ramcheck taken? He's taken with the last pick of the first round. Yeah. So uh they trade picks, they get out of that spot. They take uh I think Joku uh, David Joku was taken by Cleveland there in the spot that was vacated by the Packers. And then uh so they have King with the first pick of the second round and the interim picks there are TJ Watt, Ryan Ramchick, and I think that's it. I think there were only two picks that uh that went by. Oh, you I'm sorry, you're talking about the Kevin King draft. Yes. I'm talking about Josh I'm talking about Josh Jackson. Oh, 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 oh. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so we're going to wrap up here with plugs, but real quick before we do, um, we are to the playoffs in the Fantasy League, which means people are almost um, to winning Tecmo Super Bowl 2019. And um, uh, Jay Rasmussen actually upset me in the first round. Um, I I had the best regular season record, um, as you would expect, but I did lose 115 to 107 in the playoffs. So I am out. Um, More importantly... um, the uh, the team who, the, whose name we don't say. Um, <laughs> uh, by the way, this might maybe it's a two weeker. Oh shoot, is it a two weeker? There's zeros underneath the names. Uh, I don't think so. Um, it lost uh, that guy um, lost to David Putty, eighty four point eight to eighty four point seven. So, um, oh brutal. I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. Not nothing against you, but your team name is terrible. So. Um, Anyway, once we finish up the playoffs, um, we'll announce the winner. I'll mail that out, and uh, it's a fun game. They did a good job on it. So, anyway, let's get out of here. So, anybody have anything to plug? Jr., you go first. I know you do. Oh, I did my 2020 or 2019 quotes of the year, sports quotes of the year at jsonline.com, compiling uh, sought 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 the counsel of some of the podcast uh, my podcast cohorts here. Uh, in fashioning the final list, but I've been keeping track kind of as the year has gone on. Got a few more year-end lists coming, moments of the year, Wisconsinites of the year, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, the quotes is a fun one. I enjoyed that in addition to, uh, (laughs) of course, I put a lot of work into that and then, you know, just summarized Aaron Rodgers' Reddit and that did like five times the traffic in one day. So, of course it did, of course, because there's Aaron Rodgers in the headline. But, uh uh, you can find all that at jsonline.com. Bucks podcast comes out every week. I'll have another episode dropping tomorrow. Journal Sentinel Bucks podcast. I'm sorry, as you're listening to this, it's today, yeah, Wednesday, today. Wednesday morning. Right. So uh, check that out along with reporting is eligible. Find the Bucks podcast. They've won 15 games in a row going into Wednesday night's battle with the uh, with the Pelicans. There's a very good chance that they will still be undefeated when they face the Lakers on December 19th. That would be for a franchise record tying 20th straight victory. The Lakers are also 21 and three as as I'm sitting here recording this. So uh, they are matched with the Bucks for the best record in basketball. It's going to be ridiculous. That game's going to be incredible. Lit, lit! I can't wait. I'm going to be there. I'm very excited. They're so good. So good. What Matt, do you got, Matt? Matt you got anything? Uh. <laughs> I, I continue to just ride on the coattails of everyone else and post memes. Um, I will say that I have expanded my my meme usage to Instagram. Yep. And uh, I just today I made a, a joke about a, a world champion powerlifter named Heather Connor, and because of it, she followed me on Instagram. So 
if if you guys want to be like a world champion powerlifter, follow me on Instagram. Yeah, congrats. And uh, I have my Shepherd Express column should be out now. Um, mostly previewing the Bears, but also recapping Washington a little bit. Just going over some of what we talked about here. Stats on Devante, Aaron Jones being awesome, um, and and special teams kind of turning it around. So all good there. Um, I will probably have something on Acme Packet Company later this week. And uh, we'll do, we'll get the mini pod going again. I tried to do it last week, but I literally could not talk. So um, it would have been just silence for 15 minutes, and nobody wants to hear that. So. Dude, you've been you've been rocking some serious serious viruses I'm, or whatever. I'm almost better. So yes, it's been <laughs> awful. My kids are just disease factories, and um, whatever this cold is, we we know it's not the flu. Um, we know it is um, not bacterial because we had antibiotics and it did nothing. And it just lasts for a month, and everybody had it. So, yay for that. Mm. It's just awful. But go, pretty much gone now in recovery. So much better. Ebola. It might be Ebola. If I'm dead next week, it was Ebola. I think so. you'd be dead already. I don't think you'd get four weeks with that, bud. It's slow Ebola. <laughs> slow Ebola. <laughs> slow Ebola. Slow Ebola. Yeah. All right. It's time to go. It's time to go. All right. Have a good one, everybody. Talk to you after the bear game. go all things go drove to chicago all things know all things know we sold our clothes to the state i don't mind